What's good, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Seals Pod here. Thanks to the fine folks at Zoom. My name is Teddy Jenner, and I'm joined this week by Nick Damood and Frank Shiliano, your goaltenders for the San Diego Seals. Fellas, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, I'm good. good Teddy, Frankie, thanks for having uh, us. Yeah, no worries, man. We can't really see you. You're out of the bathroom, but you're in a truck. Everything okay? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I sent Moody a picture of me probably 20 minutes ago, and uh, that's hey, probably as good. much video as we'll see of uh, me. But, uh, no, uh, doing well and, uh, you know, happy we can do this. Absolutely. You are a plumber by trade at home. Obviously, probably very busy these times without lacrosse. Um, yeah, staying busy and staying safe. Um, you know, like most guys in this league, we all, uh, you know, have other secondary jobs and, uh, plumbing is what I'm doing. Um, yeah, been doing a lot with the plumbing career in the last little bit with, uh, the time away, but, uh, no, it's been good. Nick, what have you been up to since, uh, March of last year? Uh, I got home, was kind of hoping there'd be a summer season. That didn't really pan out, but started working, and then I'm back in school now. So hasn't really been too exciting, but that's about what you, it. What are you taking in school? I'm in school for electrical engineering. Uh, oh, so maybe you and Frankie can kind of like come together and create yeah, maybe a little business in the future business, out yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. Hey, yeah, if we're doing it in San Diego, I'm in Moody. Uh, Moody you were living in San Diego last year as a bunch of the guys made that trek uh, down to the sunshine what did you like about living down there with the guys and kind of really being a part of the family that the Seals are building down there I mean obviously the weather that's probably the best thing about moving from Canada down to San Diego but obviously having a bunch of guys around and we had knock around field there so we go get shots all the time we always got to Got to hang out. We went jet skiing a couple times, went out for breakfast, always doing stuff. So it was nice. Obviously, I miss it down there. Miss being with those guys. Obviously, growing up here in Canada, we played a lot of lacrosse outdoors in the boxes in summer. Frankie, how much fun was that for you being in a knock around field, just playing outdoor lacrosse again? No, I think uh, it's a surreal experience. It's something that uh, you don't really get to experience around this league and uh for a kid that grew up in bc and you know when i was first introduced to box across literally there was a box across the street from my house and i had no idea you know what the sport was and uh, i remember first touching down on knock around for the first time even in our our first season and being able just to kind of you know look up and you're outside it, it it makes you feel like a kid a little bit right it's it's a different feeling those sunsets out there were phenomenal. Yeah, I bet. Did, did you ever throw, <laughs> you guys ever throw the sunglasses on underneath the mask because it was a little too bright? I got a field bucket, so I got just some extra tilt block my block my. <laughs> yeah, Moody there. always gets thrown in the side with all the sun yeah. with the cascade on. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been a, a field bucket guy, Nick? Yeah, pretty much a whole life. I've tried hockey helmets. I don't know. I just they feel weird to me. Yeah, Maybe yeah. one day I'll make the switch and get a custom helmet, but. Right now, I'm stuck with the Cascade. We'll get Frankie to set you up with his mask guy. I heard he's got a good one. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of helmets uh, for sure. You know, helmets are a way that we can kind of express ourselves, right? And mm-hmm. with uh, a hockey mask, sometimes you can kind of put a little spin on things that's something you wouldn't be able to do with something not as customized. But, 
no, that's something that definitely the goalies get to make their own. Uh, you mentioned uh, growing up back in BC, you're you're a Coquitlam guy by, by native, but you really made your name playing for the New Westminster Junior Salmon Bellies. How did that come about, being a Coquitlam guy and, and flipping over to become a Salmon Belly? Yeah, you know, um, that was quite a long time ago. Um, I had a good four years at New West. I grew up a Coquitlam kid, and, you know, I played uh, one year of NRA in Coquitlam, and the team won provincials and I think I got MVP and first team all-star and, you know, I kind of asked if my time would come to, you know, try and start my junior career with Coquitlam and, you know, that didn't really seem to kind of be in the plans at that time. They were pushing and uh, yeah, I ended up in New West and with a team and an organization that has a lot of history and, you know, I really appreciate my time with that franchise and playing on that wood floor is something not a lot of people get to do. And every time I go back there, I, uh, you know, always want to play a good game. Nick, you're a, a St. Catharines guy. The Double Blue is another historic junior program in Canada. Uh, you're done your junior career now, but you guys had a pretty talented team in your last year. How close were you guys, do you think, to really making a run for that Minto Cup? I mean, if you ask everybody in the in the room, we think, you know, we could have won it all. Just didn't pan out. We uh, took a rough injury at the end of the year. We're one of our best guys, and we fought hard, but it just didn't turn out. But we had a stacked team. We got there's going to be a bunch of future NLL guys coming out of there. The team that we had, and there's a bunch of current NLL guys that on the team. Latrell Harris has been playing in the league for how long? When we were in junior, so. <laughs> Just been. Is, is it pretty remarkable how he was able to make that jump as such a young player into the NLL or is he just that good? I mean, anybody that knows him and I've played with him almost my whole life. It, it doesn't overly surprise me, but he's, he's been throwing kids around our age. And once we got into junior, he was throwing kids around that were four or five years older than him. So he's just always been a beast and he's going to be great for a lot of years in the future. And he's great now. How did you get into goaltending, Nick? Was it, were you one of those kids that was, you know, um, you know, it was your turn to play goal and you just kind of liked it. Were you thrown in goal because they needed somebody? My dad was actually a goalie. So I always wanted to be one, but my parents never really wanted me to just the extra expense. And my mom obviously doesn't like the idea of balls getting thrown at me, but we were in, uh, I was trying to for an A team and I don't think I had any chance of making the team as a player at all. And I think there was only one goalie trying out and the coach came in the room after after uh, one of the tryouts and asked uh, if there was anybody who wanted to play goalie. And I just shot my hand up, got the equipment, and then it's kind of just been history since then. Frankie, what about you? Yeah, pretty uh, similar situation for me. Um, you know, I think I'd only been playing lacrosse for two years <laughs> before I started playing goalie. I think the first year I played uh, house like see ball as a player. And uh, the next year they had the novice advanced team. And that was kind of the team that all my buddies were playing on. And uh, they basically said, well, if you want to play on this team, you got to play half goalie, half player. And uh, I kind of stuck to that. And as uh, we got later on in the year, that year, I remember um, they have the Jack Crosby tournament yeah. in Burnaby, which is a pretty famous one. And uh 
they said, well, if you want to be on the team, you got to play goalie. And yeah, the rest is kind of history there. I never really came out of the crease after that. What was Frankie the out player like? Yeah, I want to know that too. <laughs> I wasn't very good. You know, back in the day, I, I wasn't the best. One thing I could say is that I was always sticking up for my teammates, even as a youngster. I remember one point vividly, uh, you know, when you're playing house, you play with boys and girls. And I remember I had uh, a girl on my team and she took a cross check into the boards. And I remember being the first one in there to go and try and grab the kid to get him off of her. But uh, no, you know, it was, it was a short playing career. I, I played a lot of out uh, in field lacrosse in high school and stuff like that. But uh, no, I, I find my home in the crease. <laughs> you do venture outside of the crease from time to time. I do remember you squaring off with Aaron Bold in an exhibition game a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's taken it back uh, a couple of years now with uh, my days in Calgary. And, you know, once in a while that, that gets pulled up for a, a good laugh. But, uh, you know. Boldy's a great guy and yeah. uh yes you know there's just there's a good rivalry between uh those two squads Calgary and Saskatchewan and you know blood just boiled over and that that's part of the game sometimes you've been with the Seals now since the inception of the last couple of years who do you think the Seals biggest rival is right now right now um you know I think I'd probably say Van you know they're uh someone who always tries to play us with a chip on their shoulder and uh yeah you know we've had some good games back and forth and they've given it to us in our home barn so I'd say there's a good little back and forth going on there right now in that overtime game how cool was it to see Brody Merrill streaking down coast to coast to score that overtime winner was it in slow motion from the Florida to look like no you know when Brody takes off you know he's usually going to the cage in a situation like that and uh no, I remember watching that highlight and it was in Vancouver. I think I had 60 people or something like that sitting behind our bench. And when he scored, they just erupted and uh, there's no better feeling than that. Nick, what was the view like from the bench? I couldn't see after everybody just started <laughs> celebrating. The whole bench was going crazy. I think that was our first win of the year. So yeah. it was just phenomenal. Uh, Nick, when you, you mentioned, you know, you kind of got, got thrust into the position, but as you got more comfortable playing the game, what, what goalies were you watching to kind of help yourself get better? And who did you idolize? I mean, obviously I think there's only one choice being a St. Catharines guy. I mean, Matt Vince is, he, I've been watching him play since I was a kid and he's won three Minto cups. I think he's won how many man cups. I think he's won everything there is to win. So, but just how athletic he is and he just makes saves look easy that are hard and just watching him obviously that was an advantage from me being from St. Catharines just yeah I don't know how much more I can say about him when when you got drafted to Rochester and you end up kind of being his third how special of a moment was that it was well at the start he actually that was that was the year he went to Buffalo, Buffalo. so I was he was there when I got drafted, so I was super pumped. I was gonna I was gonna play behind Matt Vince and get to see what he's like up purse up front and see you know be near him, just ask him questions, whatever. And then he left, so that kind of sucked. But you know, <laughs> still, still for a chance, maybe I could say I was on on a team with him for a bit. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, Frankie. When you got to Calgary, you were you know you had to sit behind you know Matt King and 
and Mike Poole and Nick Rose were there before you and you had to abide your time. How frustrating was that as a goalie that had a lot of confidence to kind of not be able to shine in those first few years? Yeah, for sure. There's obviously, you know, growing pains in this league. You got to pay your dues and, you know, in the goalie position where it's kind of hard for us because, you know, we play summer ball where you're allowed to use a different stick. We play in a different net and then you come into the pros and you're forced to use a small stick and you're playing in a big net with smaller equipment. And uh, that's no injustice to anyone, but it just makes it a little different when you're younger, right? And you're used to certain things, but um, when I came into Calgary, there was Cooley and Rosie had just got picked up in expansion and um, Calgary had taken me in the second round and they, they had had more, let me know that they had more than enough confidence in me. And, you know, this was kind of part of the process. And um, I think later in that year, they ended up trading Nick to Toronto. So I was able to kind of, you know, at least be in the backup position, be on the bench, kind of see how things are going. But I think the biggest thing is just getting the shots right from the pros and finding you got to find yourself a little bit, right? Like even the younger kids that I I teach now, I preach use that smaller stick because it's only going to benefit you later on. Right. It's, it's a big adjustment. I don't know if Moody kind of feels the same, but I know when I was a younger guy, the biggest switch for me was switching from that wood stick down to a little plastic one. Same for you, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit shorter than Frank, so my five hole might be a bit smaller, so maybe <laughs> a bit easier, but no, for sure. I mean, players, the way that they can shoot the ball now, I mean, you can give them an inch and they'll put the ball at that inch. So, yeah. you know, we take all the extra equipment and smaller nets we can take. But you think you think we'll ever get to that point in the CLA where they adopt full NLL rules and the wood goalie stick will kind of vanish? I wouldn't mind I'm- if... Uh, yeah, you know, st- I wouldn't mind if they stick the nets the same, but maybe make everybody use a small stick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't mind that, but create a bit more so we're not switching back and forth all the time just for the goalies. But just a little bit of cohesion, right? That's uh, one of the biggest thing I talk about with some of the other goalies around the league is some of the things that maybe we struggled with and how we can kind of develop the younger generation to maybe not have those problems I know when I uh went over from Langley there was discussion of hey like would you be open to go into an NLL stick and I said yeah well if everyone's doing it then yeah no problem right I think it just has to be that playing even playing field across the board Frank you talked about getting reps and the repetition obviously throughout this pandemic that really hasn't been possible for anybody. So as goaltenders who really rely on getting those shots throughout the summer, how have you guys been staying sharp and trying to keep your game where if we do decide to start things back up, you won't really have missed a beat? Yeah, I know for myself, uh, I know everyone's situation is different. We have a couple outdoor boxes here and uh, not that we have any gatherings or anything, but, you know, maybe there's a couple people at the lacrosse box and, I've been able to put the pads on just a couple times outside and, you know, it, the first time it had been a while. And I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, I, I never really have had a break this long away from the game. And um, the biggest thing is staying in shape, right. Eating right. Things like that are our, our, our killer instinct to stop the ball. I don't think is ever going to go away. It's just 
like you said, it's the repetition and getting the shots and finding your rhythm, right, is the big thing. And that'll be the biggest thing when we're able to finally play again is just get find find that rhythm again. Nick, when was the last time you put your pads on? Is it still that Rochester game back in March? <laughs> no, luckily, uh, throughout the summer and uh, actually before Christmas in December, when we were allowed to have small gatherings, uh, a bunch of St. Kitts guys and everybody were uh, renting a rink and getting together and playing some games. So that was really nice. And we went back into lockdown, so we kind of had to stop that, but hoping we can start that back up soon. And it's actually getting nice down here. So hopefully just go to some tennis courts or outdoors and just get some shots whenever I can. It's not still snowing in Ontario? It stopped today. It was plus oh, 21, nice. but it's probably going to snow tomorrow. So <laughs> you say it was plus 21? Yeah, down in uh, Niagara. So we got warm. I actually went out and played some golf today. So, well, how's your golf game? Been working on it. Hopefully, that's something I'm planning on working on this summer. But does Frankie have any golf game, Nick? I actually don't know. I never got to golf with him. I golfed with some of the guys in San Diego, and they were actually pretty good. I don't know if Frank, I've never actually asked him. Frank, I don't know. You'd have to. You'd probably have to keep me off the links for the most part. Uh, I played, I had a bit of time actually last Saturday and played a pitch and putt. Uh, didn't lose a ball, so I'd say go. that's a success. That's always a win. That but, is a win. Uh, yeah, otherwise I'm not uh, the most overly confident golfer. Yeah. Um, we're getting to a point in, in the season where we're, you know, we're going to have to start looking towards the draft or we have to start looking towards expansion drafts. And Frankie, you were part of the expansion draft as Calgary kind of left you unprotected and San Diego picked you up after everything you'd been through with Calgary. Was that a bit of a surprise that they protected Christian over you? Um, no, not necessarily, honestly. Uh, you know, I had my chance there to kind of prove I was a starter and I had a young guy nipping at my heels and, you know, Delves is a great goalie, right? And, uh, you know, if it was his time, it was his time. And I respected their decision. And, you know, Calgary gave me an opportunity to come into the league. And I think I spent six seasons there. You don't quote me on that. But, uh, no, I don't regret any of my time there. And I still carry some great relationships over from, you know, those friendships. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall, right? I mean, you're not really playing. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a small league, right? That's, it happens. Absolutely. And, and you get picked up by San Diego in the draft. How excited were you to talk to Patrick Merrill and, and understand the plan that he and Steve Govett and the staff are trying to build down there? No, definitely. I was a static. Um, I know uh, earlier on in the year, they, we had Shooter come out and he, uh, Frankie turning Watch into the me Langley. Probably gonna have to Yeah, whenever uh, a new opportunity arises, you know, you you want to show your best. And uh, one big change for me, I know I'd bug the coaches is I was coming from snowy Calgary and uh, I remember going to the first training camp in San Diego and I was almost nervous to wear my Birkenstocks. I was like, is it okay <laughs> to wear sandals? Like, I'm not too, like, I don't know if this is going to be all right, but uh no, it, it seemed to work out great, and uh, I've loved the fit there in San Diego. It's, it's been a great organization from the top down, from Steve and Joe, and, you know, just 
not one bad thing to say. It's been a great. Nick, when, when you got the call from Patrick Merrill as a free agent from Rochester, um, was there any doubt that this was a place he wanted to be? I mean, as soon as I uh, saw that San Diego was getting the team, I always kind of had that in the back of my head that that would be phenomenal to play down in San Diego, play in California. But yeah, as soon as Patty called, I was ecstatic. I mean, I knew that they had a great team. They won the playoffs. I think they lost in overtime and they were going to build on a lot. And like Frank said, the organization top down is just uh, top notch. So I was uh, super happy to say, yeah, let's do it and join San Diego. And it's been awesome ever since. What was the the nerves like for that first ever start you got? Uh, I think it made it uh, even better that Connor Kiernan was backing me up. So <laughs> I mean, it kind of gave me the, the I was going to stay in there no matter yeah. what. So whatever happened, happened. That kind of made it a bit easier, honestly. But I was definitely nervous. But once you make your first save, it's you're just playing lacrosse. So it was, How was, it was he? fun. How was he with the pads on? I was actually surprised. He Well, I think he was a, a hockey goalie growing up. So he, uh, he was actually pretty good. I just had to teach him how to hold his stick and then. He was actually, he wasn't afraid of the ball. I mean, that was the number one thing. So he was actually, he was pretty good. Uh, Frankie, who's the worst dressed player on the team? Worst dressed. That's a tough one. You never really want to sell anyone out on that. I'll say, I'll say one thing is a guy that we used to have around who had a pretty unique style is uh, Mikey Schlosser. Not to say it, if I'm saying the last name right, but, uh, yeah, no, he is. He's got some great style. Uh, Nick, you're a little younger, maybe not as fearful of throwing guys under the bus. Uh, who's worse dressed? <laughs> I was t- I was trying to think about it. Um, oh, geez, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know All if right. I can we'll, anybody. We'll flip around. Who's best dressed? Yeah. Uh, honestly, oh. Casey Jackson is. He's he's pretty. Uh, he's pretty fresh with everything he wears. So. He does probably. have a vast wardrobe. Yeah. I mean, that's probably more accurate. I think everybody on our team is honestly pretty good with style, but like, Casey's probably top. <laughs> Frankie, would you agree? <laughs> yeah, I would say that. I was going to say uh, I'd throw Glick in there too. He's always pretty fresh with what he's uh, wearing. And uh, I'd say Glick or Jackson for sure. Uh, this one I think you guys would be okay with because they probably hit your toes most of the time. But which D guy has a shot that he has no idea where it's going? Uh, I've I've talked to Sykesy before, and he just says he just shoots. So <laughs> I might just I might say Sykesy, but honestly, so, somehow he finds the back of the net a lot. He shoots low, so well if he doesn't know where he's shooting, you can't know where he's shooting. Uh, it makes it way harder. So. <laughs> yeah. I'd say one for me is uh, Drew Belgrave. He buries on me a lot, but uh, he's always shooting toes and uh, not always the nicest for the goalies. No, not at all. That's a nice segue (laughs) because he's pretty fast, but who's the fastest guy on the team, you think? Uh, I'd say maybe Gobrek. He's probably up there as a speedster. Moody, what do you think? I got to go with Connor Kiernan, no? I mean – She's just speed all day. <laughs> I'll have to get verification on that one. <laughs> He's going to love that. I might have to do a 100-meter yeah. dash. <laughs> uh, this one's for both. Yeah, we'll split it up. Um, Nick, what's Frankie's 
biggest pet peeve you think? Oh, I know he hates getting, uh, you know, middle seat on the airplane. Anytime with the long flight, uh, <laughs> getting somebody big beside you. I mean, we're both pretty big guys, so it kind of sucks with a long flight to San Diego. We got <laughs> so Frankie, what's Nick's pet peeve? Um, well, we room together, so not too many pet peeves. We, we gel pretty good. Uh, I'd say we like to get our meals in pretty promptly after, uh, you know, playing or practicing and if we don't we both probably get a little cranky yeah both naps too oh yeah yeah we both big nappers and need our meals who gets this who's in charge of the alarm i am most of the time i'd say moody is yeah (laughs) i mean i think most of the the younger guy right it's absolutely all (laughs) responsibility goes to the young guy never the vet's fault (laughs) That's a 100% smart <laughs> choice. Um, what's the dynamic like between you two guys? Because obviously the goaltender position is one of the toughest in all of sport. Um, and in the game of lacrosse, maybe even harder just because of the runs that can happen. But as you two have gotten to know each other, Nick, what's the dynamic like between you two? I mean, me being a new guy coming to the team, I mean, Frank's anybody gets to know him. He's the easygoing guy. So I'm pretty easygoing. I like to think so. Like you said, we just started gelling right from the start. And, you know, any questions I have, you know, he showed me a lot of ropes without even me having to ask and just, you know, kind of taught me a lot. So, you know, we've we've kind of gelled right from the start. And, yeah, it's been good. Frankie, how do you keep that dynamic smooth, you know, during the offseason or throughout the week? How often do you guys kind of keep in contact with each other, talking about film or shooters that you're preparing for? Yeah, I know when – things were going full bore me and moody would be talking all the time and uh you know depending on who would start i would chime in on kind of what i thought the shooters were up to and some of the tendencies that they have uh obviously i've kind of been around just a little longer so i kind of have picked up on some of the guys tendencies and you know we're a team right so the more i can help my teammates succeed if i can i'm going to do that um at the end of the day, we want to win, and that's our common goal. And however we can do that, whoever's playing, you know, Absolutely. that's the way it goes. With, it, with our sport, you know, you can see success with a two-headed monster with, you know, two guys playing lots of minutes. And, uh, yeah, like I, I said, I'm a, not – Yeah, that's sort of going to be oh, my next question. Sorry. You know, it's okay, yeah. but <laughs> – it's hard to do this. I can't see you if you're still talking or not. I'm just looking at a picture of your dog right now. Yeah. Um, sorry. He's pretty cute, but uh, he is pretty cute. No, it's not me. He is pretty cute. You got three dogs, don't you? How are they? Uh, no, I just have the one actually. Oh. And then my fiance's dad has two. So sometimes I have the trio, but uh, no, I just have Ernie, the little bulldog usually. And uh, he's a handful. <laughs> Um, I, I want to go back to a game. I think it was last year in Calgary and there was an issue where you dove across the net to make a save Frank and the net, net comes off uh, play continues. Calgary thinks they eventually score. It eventually gets waved off. We're not going to talk about the particulars of all that, but what I want to talk about is there is a huge concern that, you know, nets continually come off in our sport and it's your responsibility as a goaltender to put it back where it's supposed to be. Is there a way, do you think, safely that the nets can be moored to the floor, whether it's with a breakaway peg or, or magnets or something like that, so we don't run into those confused times? Um, 
Yeah, like I know they have the magnets in most arenas and, uh, you know, I think we're just looking out for everyone not having the nuts actually bolted down to the floor. You know, when guys are coming and crease diving across, I don't think they want to be diving into a fixed crease, nor do I want to be getting pushed into one if a guy's flying in at me. And, uh, yeah, obviously that's part of the game. And it was a it was a break that our team needed. And, you know, I'm glad we got it. Do you think that's something that they, they're continually talking about? Or do you think the league as a whole is kind of happy with how it is right now? You know, I think that's something that it doesn't happen very often. And uh, when it does, it's kind of a little more under the microscope than some other things. But, uh, you know, there's always things that we can improve on. And, you know, maybe that's something to look at in the future. And But for me as a goalie, I'm, you know, my first thing is to stop the ball and, you know, put the net back as fast as I can. Nick, how awesome was your experience in Vegas? I mean, it's Vegas, so it was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. It was on Super Bowl weekend too. Yeah. I mean, plus we got the win, so I mean, it doesn't get much better. I mean, that's a recipe for success. So, was that your first time in Vegas? Uh, actually, when I, I drove out to San Diego and I went through stop the week before, but then yeah, that was really I'd say my first time in Vegas. So, I mean, it's Vegas, so you got to. Right you got to be there to know what Vegas is like. So, yeah, but you know, as a, a lacrosse player, you help, you know, break bears of being in the first ever game there and being the first goalie to win a game there and, and everything that surrounded. How cool was that experience to see how the fans there and how they supported the national lacrosse league? Yeah, we actually, it was a great turnout with fans. I mean, they were all just happy to happy to be there. They were supportive. So, I mean, they really were a big part of why we won, you know, you feed off the, the, energy of the fans so uh, we were just happy to get a win there for them and you know it's going to just be great for lacrosse in general to expose more people to the game as we can you know that's the best thing that can happen for the game there was a good amount of fans that that did make that trek from san diego to vegas frank you've been there since the start um how cool is it to see how invested these fans are in the national lacrosse league and in the seals and what steve and joe and patrick are doing as a staff to make lacrosse big in southern california yeah you know i think it's huge when uh when we first heard when i think our first game we had a pretty decent turnout and after that it kind of dwindled down a bit but uh over the last little bit with our successes, you know, you find more people coming in and kind of hearing about the noise in town, about the, the new team. And, you know, lacrosse is new to a lot of people down there. To, so to expose them to a great product that, you know, Joe and Steve and uh, I know Cameron Bergie in the office are, are really trying to put that product on the floor. And by putting that product on the floor, it's really, you know, putting lacrosse in the forefront and uh, I think that's what we all want. We all want to see this sport grow, and uh, we want to grow with it. Nick got the start in Vegas. How were you, how much were you looking forward to that start in the Air Force Base at Miramar? Yeah, Miramar was going to be awesome. I mean, I think that was the the first place that uh, COVID uh, people were being quarantined, so it was kind of destined to kind of get turned out i mean we were trying to make it happen outdoors i mean playing outdoors would have been phenomenal you see like nhl playing these outdoor games and how much attention they get and how cool it would be to just you know 
play outdoors, but it sucked that it couldn't happen. But, you know, I, I hopefully we can do that in the future. And I know they're going to try and plan do something like that. So hopefully, you know, it can happen. Frank, you've been, like I said, with this seals from the start, watching Patrick Merrill and Josh Sanderson and Bill Greer as a coaching staff, how impressed are you with what they bring to the game night in and night out? Oh, you know, it's, it's second to none. All, all of them are competitors. There's not a bad thing I can say about any of those guys. I got to talk to Billy a little while back and just got to touch base with them. And, uh, no, Patty and Shoot and Billy there. If you, if you watch them as players, you knew what kind of gamers they were. And, uh, you know, playing for them, it, it, it's easy to go through the wall for them, you know. They, they don't expect a lot. They just expect your, your best effort when you go out there, right? And, and that's what should be expected of you. And, uh, you know, I love playing for them. You, you know, they're coaches, players. They're, they're not going to be afraid to tell you how it is. They don't hide anything from you. And, uh, you know, I've loved, loved every second I've been able to kind of absorb and learn off of all of those guys because, you know, to me, they're all Hall of Fame Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. They probably don't yell as much as Kurt Miloski, though, do they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> every coach is different, right? That's absolutely That's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> Nick, what have you liked most about about those three guys? I think they they all kind of have their own unique uh, coaching style, which you know, when you put them all together, kind of makes that's what makes them so great. Mm-hmm. You know. Billy's a bit more laid back, but like you said, he still expects you to, you know, do your best. Patty's really intense and, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve, but, you know, he'll tell you like it is. He'll tell you when you play a great game. He'll tell you when you're not so great, but he's, he's the first person in your corner, you know, to, to get you out of a rut and shooter, like one of the best uh, offensive players to ever play and just, you know, seeing his mind and how he teaches and, uh, gets that offense going it's just it's phenomenal as an Ontario kid that probably grew up watching a lot of Toronto rock games and Josh Sanderson being a a major proponent of those rock teams how cool is it to kind of be in between the pipes and and stopping his shots and practice and warm-ups and stuff like that I mean he's still got it he's still (laughs) is his shot when he's on the crease I don't know he's probably let him probably stopped one or two of his shots so what's that Frankie let him play on the crease. I think he could still play. Yeah, yeah right. If he wanted to, yeah, yeah. He's still, <laughs> still got the hands, and he's just you know seeing some of the moves that he used to throw on goalies. He's throwing on you, and still work even though you know it's coming. So yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think goaltenders are underpaid or undervalued in, in this league because of how important they are? I think goalies in just about every league are kind of underappreciated. I mean, we're, I think there's not much more to that goes into winning than, you know, how a goalie's going to perform during that game. You know, if a goalie has a bad game, you know, your offense has got to score a lot or your defense has got to bail you out. So I, mean, I think Blaze Reardon posted uh, something on social media a while ago and about how, you know, under, appreciated uh, goalies are and it couldn't have been more true Frankie you've been in this league a while obviously the salaries of players have kind of 
escalated over the last few years, but um, obviously the goaltender position maybe isn't paid where it should be, but do you think the league is getting to a position where that position will be valued as such? Um, I feel like, you know, we, most of the goalies are getting paid fair and you see some of those guys that are at the elite and they're getting taken care of. But uh, like you said, as this league grows, uh, there's going to be a demand in our position for guys to be able to step up and be able to play minutes. Right. And um, we'll kind of see how that develops as more expansion comes in. But uh, you know, for me personally, the position you're always under a microscope, maybe even more so than, you know, a defender or an offensive guy, because there's only one of us out there and there's only one, one person saving the ball. Right. And if, if you're not saving it, you're, you're going to hear about it. And if you are saving it, you're probably going to be here and you're doing a good job. So um, it's a, it's the tough part about our position. Um, but uh, it's something that I kind of, I enjoy, you know, when, when someone's maybe dogging on you, you, you want to try and play your best even more. So How's your dad doing, Frank? Because I know he's been a huge fan of yours throughout. I always see him uh, at the rinks over on the mainland, and he even made the trip to Vegas. But he's been a big fan of yours and support <laughs> yours and, and, and a big proponent for uh, the game of lacrosse. But how's he doing these days? Yeah, he's doing good. You know, uh, staying safe. He's, he's pretty just in his routine of work and home. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he misses the rink and – you know, I was able to, the restrictions kind of loosened up and I've been able to kind of coach a bit. And he was even trying to chomp at the bit. Hey, you know, you think I can kind of watch some of these young kids? And I yeah. kind of had to break it to him. I'm like, hey, like, we don't, we're not allowed anyone in, in the arena right now. And, uh, you know, I know he misses it. He's my biggest supporter. And uh, any WLA game, you know, you, you can find him in there. And he knows every player. The man never played the game himself, but... Uh, you know, he's really absorbed a lot over watching me and um, just being a fan of the sport. Same goes for you, Nick. Obviously, your parents are, are big supporters of yours. I see them all over your social media, uh, pictures in your Team Canada junior jersey and your St. Catharines jerseys. Uh, what's it like being, you know, as best you can to, to be around your family during this pandemic? Yeah, I'm living at home right now, so it's kind of, it's nice to get to see them all the time. Don't have to you know, have any restrictions from seeing them, but I know they're feeling the same as me. Just they miss lacrosse. Probably they might miss lacrosse more than I do. You know, they're they've been at every single one of my games since I was little, and you know they just want to have COVID like the rest of us get over with, and so we can get back playing with some lacrosse. Uh, back in San Diego, Pachanga Arena and Knockaround Field. That's where we all want to be. Uh, two more questions. Uh, to go, Nick. What's the first place I got to go to when I get to San Diego? Uh, there's a bunch. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, if you haven't been to San Diego, you got to go to Knock Around Field and see what it's like there. I mean, you got to be there at you know when we have late late practices and see the sunset. I mean, it's pretty pretty phenomenal. But other than that, uh, Pacific Beach is is pretty awesome down there. Getting same thing, just. You know, it's everywhere in San Diego is phenomenal. So, Frankie, what's uh, what are you most looking forward to when all this is over and we can travel again and we can all get together? What are you most looking forward to about when you get to San Diego? Honestly, the one thing I say the most is uh, seeing the guys and uh, being part about that team aspect. I, I know uh, 
you know, we've had a bit of time away from this game and I've been fortunate enough to play it as long as I can. And this has kind of been, you know, a point for me where I've kind of had time to kind of reflect and, you know, you miss the sport and you, you see guys leave your team each year, you know, guys have different reasons, family and kids and stuff like that, which, you know, takes them away from this game. And, uh, for me, just with COVID and everything and the time I've had to kind of reflect on my career so far, the thing that I would look forward to the most coming back is being part of that team aspect and, you know, being one of the boys and having that relationship and that, you know, that time back where right now we're not really getting that. It will be awesome to do a full team huddle at center field as the sun sets a knockaround field with you fellas. I can't wait till that moment happens again. Nick, Frank, I appreciate this. I uh, really enjoyed getting to talk to you guys. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us, Teddy. Enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you very much, Teddy.